Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with a professional actress, singer, songwriter, model, writer, producer, podcast host, and artist. She's a graduate of the American Musical and Dramatic Academy Conservatory of the Performing Arts in Los Angeles. She has appeared on professional stages in leading roles such as Evita, Beauty and the Beast, and A Song for Vanya. On screen, you may have seen her in a couple episodes of the ABC sitcom Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, an episode of the 2016 Emmy-winning miniseries The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and or her brief scene in the 2016 Academy Award-winning film La La Land. Please welcome Ami Khan. Hello! Thanks for having me. (laughs) To start things off, since you're a fellow podcaster like me, would you mind telling us about your podcast? Of course. Thank you. Yeah. My boyfriend, Matthew Shirley, who's also an actor and artist, when we got stuck in the pandemic lockdowns, we got really bored and we needed to do something creative. So we started a podcast because it's that simple these days on Anchor FM. And we just talked about and documented life as the pandemic happened from political commentary to social awareness with social issues and justices to the entertainment world that we are living amongst and experiencing. And we started that in, like I said, the beginning of 2020 with the pandemic, uh, remotely from each other's apartments with an app. And then we brought it together when we finally moved in together during two years ago and we kept it up and we're still doing it today on all the platforms. It's called the late night lockdown with uh, me and Matt. Uh, we do it once a week as much as we can. Um, and it's, it's a load of fun. We love it. The podcasts are great. They certainly are, yes. And going back to the beginning, how did you first get started in acting? Well, I was a very creative child and my parents were like, we got to get her into something to get the energy out. So I started with dance. I was a very big dancer for a long time. That got me into theater which I loved acting and telling stories with dance and music, which got me into musical theater. And musical theater was my favorite for a long, long time. But I also loved film cinema history and the art of cinema and storytelling through that format. And because I'm from Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, California, and we have a lot of history of filmmaking up there from Walt Disney with Pollyanna to a lot of Hitchcock, The Birds, uh, Shadow of a Doubt, So a lot of filmmaking would come up there throughout my family's generations, and I always hear about it, and I just love the magic of bringing stories to life that need to be told. That's how I got into it. My parents and I, we moved to Alaska when I was in fourth grade, so sophomore year of high school, and because it's very beautiful up there, but isolating in Anchorage, where I was, I got involved with a lot of theater up there, and that just started it all, really. Well, yeah, and you mentioned how you're a fan of classic cinema. I can especially tell from your end when I see in the edge of the screen a poster of Audrey Hepburn. Yes, thank you. It's one of my favorites. I always has been from her musical theater background and her history, as well as humanitarianism. And Natalie Wood as well. But I love, love classic Hollywood and the filmmaking from those days. Oh, yeah, me too. And I'm a fan of both those actresses as well. They're good. And what was your whole experience like getting to study at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy Conservatory of the Performing Arts? For me personally, my experience with it was phenomenal. I loved every moment of it because I literally was doing what I wanted to be doing. I had already gone to a junior college in Santa Rosa Junior College up north in Santa Rosa, and I loved it there, but I wanted more. I wanted to get out. I didn't want to go to New York because I I hate the cold, and there's too much cold there for me. But I did want to go to LA to study film cinema as well 
as musical theater and because there was a lot of musical theater coming into film. So I came down to this location and we were literally rehearsing at 8 a.m. in the morning for dance all the way at night for our next class of music arrangement. So it was my dream. Like I really, I had a full scholarship as well. So I have no debt from that. So I was very grateful for the opportunity and I had a wonderful time. I noticed on your websites that you got to study with Paul Servino at his acting studio for several years. And Paul, of course, recently passed away back in July. What was he like to work with? Oh, another dream come true, to be honest with you. Like I'm not making that up. He was such a sweet soul, first and foremost but amazing artist. I mean, he also was the sculptor and I don't know if a lot of people know that about him, but he, all of his sculptures were all outside of his studio in another gallery that was open to the public sometimes, but just a Renaissance man. He was ahead of his time as well. And for the Meisner acting, he originated with Stanford Meisner, the original person who created Meisner Technique in uh, New York City back in the day. And Paul went to AMDA as well when it first started. So he was a fellow alumni. He was also very stern, so you didn't want to mess around <laughs> if you really want to take it seriously. He, was, he took his time seriously. Just a, a, a great artist and friend. He was a mentor of mine, and I really, I miss him, but I really uh, respect him and always will and cherish those moments that we got to train. You've done quite a lot of musical theater. What are some of your favorite credits in that area? When I first moved here, after graduating from AMDA, I was able to have the opportunity to work with the director, Joel Zwick who was also the director of my Big Fat Greek Writing film. And he's also a theater person. And he was directing a new adaptation musical of Cyrano. And I got to play the love interest. It was just a table read and they're bringing producers in and investors. But it was such a amazing experience to work with the artist and him. And he taught me a lot about the industry as well as just owning your own self and owning your own talent when you get up on that stage and, and amongst a lot of professionals because it was my first professional professional gig in Los Angeles but the other ones I would say I also work every Christmas time uh, I do a show called Both it is about the nativity scene brought to you with Beatles music directed by Martha Dempson and music arranged by Jason Page who is a good friend of mine and he is uh, are there any Pokemon fans out there he actually is the voice of the original Pokemon song Pokemon, that one, that's him. So he is an amazing artist, so much fun to always spend time with and hang out. But he and his crew made this show that it's all for charity every December. So if you're in LA, if you're ever in LA, please hit me up and come to support. A lot of great artists come together every year. It's, it's all just for charity, for the kids of LA and theater. It's amazing. So I love that every December we do it. And I've seen some of the covers you've done of different musical theater songs on your YouTube channel and enjoyed them. Oh, thank you. Trying yeah. to do more. Yeah, and do you have any dream roles you'd love to take a crack at? Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, some of the great shows I've already done back home, I would love to do again in a different theater, just to experience them again at a different age range now. Disney's Beauty and the Beast was an amazing production I'd love to do again. Evita was amazing. I really found my passion with Belting and women empowerment when it came to that show. So that was really wonderful. But again, Into the Woods has always been a favorite of mine. I played in high school, Little Red Riding Hood, and I'd love to do another gig here. I saw them perform at the Hollywood Bowl two years ago. I can't remember. No, before the pandemic. So before the pandemic happened, and it was phenomenal. It just is one of those smart musicals with amazing messages. And that's the whole thing, what I love about theater in general, creating messages. And speaking of Beauty and Beast, I saw on your cover of I Won't Say 
time in Love from Hercules. You mentioned in the description that you got to work with the voice of Meg while you were a student, Susan Egan, who also originated the role of Belle in Beauty and Beast on Broadway. Yes, I did. And that was fun because it was a surprise. They wouldn't tell us who were the judges, basically for our grade, when we had to perform our last two songs of the quarter, basically. And they'd have guest artists. And they wouldn't tell you who it was. We'd all be whispering, like, who is it? Who is it? But you can't ever tell. And as, as soon as I walked in, I saw who it was. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> Not as a bad thing, but just I have to perform her original song <laughs> in front of her. It was a moment of understanding okay if this is what I want to do I have to I have to own it and I've got to show her what I can do and, and out of respect you know out of the respect and love for her performance and music so that was a lot of fun she was wonderful now among your tv credits you got to be on the third episode of the very first season of fx's hit anthology series American Crime Story which was the people versus OJ Simpson where you played a fan of Kato Kalen played by Millie Magnuson now what scene were you in I was in the scene where they're jogging and Kato's getting mulled by a lot of like fans and there's a bunch of women in a convertible car and we are saying we love you Kato and we want to be with you Kato and so it was a really fun experience Billy was amazing he was hanging out with us all day Chelsea was there too so it was a lot of fun it was my first co-star role with an FX network show and so that was really great to experience everybody on set was amazing it was a lot of fun and we were out in Santa Monica uh, water area, so it was all day long. So, I mean, I couldn't complain. It was a little trippy where it felt like we were back in the 90s because it was set in 94, I believe, 93, 94. And I was a kid when that year was happening. So I remember vaguely the car chase of the White Bronco on TV, my mom watching it. But to be in that element, it was a pretty trippy experience seeing all the neon color outfits that people used to wear back then and brought back now. It was a cool time traveling experience as close as we can get in real life. As I mentioned earlier, you made a brief appearance in the movie La La Land and people can easily find your scene in your acting reel online where you got to play an actress who picked up some coffee from Emma Stone's character at the cafe where she was working on the Warner Brothers lot. How did the opportunity to be a part of the film come about? Well, I did audition for it. It was my first audition with Akilah Woods casting, which I have loved their casting of all the great movies that you can think of they've cast. So I was very honored to come into their room to finally audition for them for something. My agent at the time got it for me and it was a thrill but I honestly did not think I was going to get it because I'm like, oh, this is the first time going in. They don't, they want to be with someone who's gone in a couple more times than me, but I'm still going to, you know, do my best and have fun with it. And I literally, what it said was just a classic actress. So to me, again, that was Audrey Hepburn. That was Natalie Wood, little black dress, but you know, breakfast at Tiffany's vibe with heels. So I went in like that with my little black dress and heels and my hair up. And I got in all the girls who were amongst me in that whole room uh, going for the part were dressed more like Lindsay Lohan at the time or like modern, you know, starlets. And I honestly thought, oh no, I really messed up. I made the wrong choice. And I thought, okay, well, I'm here already. So make the bold choice. Even if you, for a lot of actors out there, even if it's the wrong choice, quote unquote, it's not the wrong choice if you go in with a strong choice and it's your choice. And they want to see that. So luckily I went in, they had me do it a couple times. It was great energy. I walked out and thought, okay, well, I did my best. Probably won't get it, but I had a great time. And then as I was walking out of that casting office, the security guard, he was really sweet. He was like, I think you got it. And I'm like, no, uh, thank you. But no, two weeks later, got a call. I booked it. And just a dream come true. Like I couldn't have asked for a better first studio film 
opportunity to work across from Emma Stone, Terry Lynn Walters, who's the cafe manager in there as well. She's great. We're still good friends from that. And of course, Damien Chazelle. Brian Gosling was there as well, but he wasn't in that scene, but we were all hanging out the whole day. So literal dream come true. And it was something I'll always cherish for sure. But I do have to say what was funny is that at the time I was working at a restaurant as a hostess. And Emma Stone would come in all the time. So I had already became a familiar and acquainted with her. And she and I were on good talking terms a lot. And so when I told her, hey, I booked your film and I think I have a scene with you. (laughs) It was quite the irony of the fact that I got to be the famous actress for the day. And she had to take the hostess position, basically. And so we were really cracking up about that behind the scenes on set. As well as when we're in the scene, if you watch it, when I go out with the coffee and I say thank you and I'm leaving for my shoot because I'm my character is going on to the shoot, I go into the little cart. The first take is a blooper and I hope that Warner Brothers and our Lionsgate has it somewhere we can find it again. But I literally slipped out of this chair because of my couture dress, which was gorgeous, but it had to be the one of the funniest take. The whole crew and cast were laughing with me because I was laughing too. But um, that's how gracious they were on set. They were really a big artistic family wanting to make some incredible art and they, they did just that, which I'm so grateful to be a part of. Oh yeah, and what was remarkable about your scene, at least what you see in the film, is done one long continuous shot. Thank you. Yeah, that was something that only some artistic guys see. It was actually a little longer. They did cut it down a smidge at the very beginning of it, but we choreographed it. Damien choreographed the whole thing where the camera had to follow me, but then turn around then exactly at the time frame. And I had to run outside behind camera, get through the door because that set was actually on Warner Brothers set. You can actually go on the tour there. I had to get into that cart without falling again. <laughs> Luckily, my dancing bra- background really did help. I'm sure while everyone one was making it, no one could have predicted that La La Land was going to become the success that it became. It was a movie musical that was completely original from top to bottom, ranging from the characters to the story to the score. What was your reaction to how it took off? What I have to say is, and, and I know some people say this sometimes after a film has had so much success, but someone who had had no success with any film as big as this anyway, they gave me the whole script when they first gave me the audition, which I thought was, wow, thank Thank you. That's unheard of. But I actually still have it. <laughs> it's my memento because I had it. But I want to look through it. Of course, do my research and all. And I felt the classic Hollywood because I am a film buff myself. I could see the classic Hollywood, you know, paying respect moments of the script that Damien was going for. I thought, well, this is genius. This hasn't been done before since the classic Hollywood age. And then when I read Emma's part and Ryan, I thought this kind of reminds me of Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck in the sense of the love, you know, for the place that they're at and the things that they do and they would want to be together. But of course, real life doesn't always work that way. And I thought that was beautiful, but true and heartfelt, you know, I thought this is going to win something. (laughs) This is a winning film. I didn't think the whole shebang that happened with it, but I did feel that magic, that movie magic was in that script. You know, I didn't know there was any music to it. So let alone the music aside, I just thought the script and the writing and then the actors involved, I thought, yeah, this is definitely going to go to the Oscars at least. Plus with Damien, with Whiplash as well, it just made sense. But it was amazing. The tension that you could get from it because of the art. And when I talk to people who are fans of the film, they love it because of the music and the art itself. And that's why I went into film and acting in general is because of messages through art and film and everything. And so the fact that that's what happened with this film is very touching and very exciting how it went, its global impact, really. Are you looking forward to Damien Chazelle's next film, Babylon? 
I am indeed. I, again, I love the classic Hollywood vibes that he goes for. And I, he had a series too that was supposed to come. I'm not sure what the, the Eddie was called on Apple, I think. I don't know if it was how and held or what, but he goes with music and jazz and art in old cinema. And I just eat that up. I love it. I, I'd love to work with him again. I hope that I can. But Babylon seems like a very exciting new film that I will definitely be supporting, of course. And the Eddie actually premiered on Netflix two years ago. Oh, did it? See, I didn't even know that. Thank you for educating me on that. I'm going to go look that up and support it then. Thank you. I was wondering, it's just so much stuff on the streaming service. It's really hard to find things anymore. Yeah, I know what you mean. No time in the day, as much as you'd like anyway. Now, did you watch the Oscars the night La La Land was up for 14 awards? Oh, yeah. I was at a, a little rap party for something else, but with friends, and we were definitely tuned in to support everybody there. And that moment happened that we all know. <laughs> yeah, which we should say was the moment when Faith on the Wayne Warren Beatty were presenting Best Picture. Right. Warren opens the envelope and it looked like he was struggling trying to say and the Oscar goes to Faye grabbed it, took one glimpse and said, La La Land. So La La yeah. Land pretty much won Best Picture for two minutes before it was revealed that the winner was actually Moonlight. <laughs> right, exactly, of course. And Moonlight was wonderful and well-deserved, but it was a soccer punch in the gut. But at the same time, they had won so much already that it felt okay well you know we we did well to this night we we did well it's going to go down in history no matter what as well film his cinema history and all the classes that people are going to take in the future to learn about that but you know that's kind of the nature of the business and the industry things happen and you have to roll with it and you got to find the facts and be honest about that i thought it was very cool how the producer horitz had you know he made the decision to say no actually this is not what happened on stage that night and he gave it to Moonlight and I thought that was beautiful that they could come together on stage at the same time you know and give that the truth of it all so yeah it's a memorable moment (laughs) for everybody still awesome I think for those who'd like to pursue an acting career where do you think would be a good place to start definitely theater doesn't matter what age you are there's always even local theaters nearby. And if you don't have one, start one. But, you know, that's the beauty about art and theater that it's been going on for centuries. It's human nature to even just, you know, go around a campfire and tell stories and do charades or act. Tell stories through your body, through your words, through your voice. Theater, I think, is a good backbone to start with to understand what theater and acting is and the storytelling through it. And then from there, you can decide what resonates for you. Is it just Shakespeare? Is it just musical theater? Is it just film or photography? I mean, there's so many like arms that come from that skeleton, quote unquote, of what the backbone is for that. And I think that's the best to start with for a lot of people. That sounds great indeed. Before we go, do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to share with us? Yes, thank you. I have two films right now. One is called Second Chances, we shot in March. And it was down in San Diego, the whole thing. It's written by and starring Ryan Ochoa, who who is a wonderful actor from uh, Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. Steve Weinberger, who is the producer of that. And David Vonghaus Jr., who also is the director or AD of um, Spider-Man. The Minority Report and Haunted Mansion and Jungle Cruise. He's been his round of Disney and such, um, but he was a great person to work with and we had so much fun. So that's coming out in 2023, as well as a short film by Michael King and written by Kevin Kapalis, as well as some other artists called A Tale of Earl Grey. That was a period piece I shot recently. And then Film Buff, which is a online live streaming about all films and movies kind of like a podcast on youtube so we're having fun with that so please go check that on my social media or let me know if you have any questions ami i thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview it was great getting to talk to you 
Thank you. No, sincerely, I really have fun with this. So I appreciate you having me on. And for those who'd like to keep up with your career, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me anywhere on social media. All the social medias are at Amicon, which is A-M-I-E-E-C-O-N-N, as well as my website is www.amicon11, that's my lucky number, .com. So A-M-I-E-E-C-O-N-N-1-1.com. And I'd love to interact, so reach out to me. And thanks again for joining me today, Ami. This was great. Oh, thank you, love. Appreciate it. Sincerely. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.